Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Marty. Uh, so we have 10 or 12 slides we'll show you. This trip was late September, a two-week trip, 14-day trip, 10 days on the ground. The commission, if you will, from the bishop of the Christian churches over there was to uh, meet with their pastors, actually pastors from all churches and all denominations, uh, because the church was dead. They had been uh, terrifically impacted by COVID, much worse than we were here. And um, they needed a series of conferences, uh, five, but it turned out to be six. And uh, past we, um, so uh, we'll just run through the slides real quickly and uh, Kay and Chase will describe some of the slides. Each of the pastor's conferences were, were awesome, and God moved and touched everyone. Uh, you can just keep those going. Uh, one of my most memorable, uh, this is the dedication of a well. We were able, God made it possible to dig three water wells, and one was in a slum. And uh, it's, it's awesome to be able to give clean water. But, that, but uh, we went to um, uh, uh, go on past that. That was a Sunday service meeting. It's wonderful. We were able to also release five women out of sex slavery. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The ministry, the ministry here has a, a place where they live. They, they keep putting the word into them. They give them an occupation with sewing and uh, keep them going so they can take care of themselves. And then that afternoon of the same day, we went to the leper colony. Uh, the ministry we work with has three leper colonies. They're the untouchables, but they're not untouchable. God came. God came. And we, gave, we were able to provide for them a month's worth of food. We gave them each a prayer cloth, prayed for them, prayed over them, and um, God touched. Praise God. Um, my most memorable moment, I think, was when we were in that section. It was the darkest place we've ever been in in India. It was the, the, the stronghold of the sex uh, trafficking area, and we spent the night in that town. And just before we went to bed, there was a knock on the door, and it was a young man. Bishop brought the young man in. He used to be an employee at the hotel. Anyway, he, he had a tragic story. He said that his brother had committed suicide in front of him, and he held him until he died. And he was being tormented and tortured by the enemy, but he wasn't born again, and he needed deliverance. And he came over, and we were able to lead him to the Lord and deliver him from that torment. Praise God. The next day he came and he said, I'm different, I'm changed. And two weeks ago, we found out he went four hours to get to Bishop's house and to his church because he said, I've been changed and I want to stay here. Okay. Yeah, so um, this is where I got the honor to meet the team. We're straight. No naps, no nothing. But... I think I got more out of this trip than anyone else. Because when I got on that plane, God told me, he said, you're gonna live in 21 days of glory. And you're gonna see creative miracles. Your family's okay. Your business is fine. I've got it. But I need you to go for me. That man was in such depression as crazy as I am. Y'all know when I get preaching the word, I mean, I'm a fireball. I'm 
everywhere. And when I went up that aisle, my Bible touched his shoulder. And he, and I thought like, oh my gosh, I hit him. I'm so rude. I'm sorry. Didn't think anything about it. Nothing spiritual. I found out that his wife had passed away. He was done. He said, I'm done with ministry. I'm just gray inside. There's nothing left. There's no life, nothing. But the moment that word touched my shoulder, I felt it break off and I felt ministry come back into me. There was also a woman um, in the bottom of the basement who had a issue of, of blood. Um, do you remember how many, how long that was? Um, as we prayed and closed the, this pastor's conference out, she said she could feel just, and it completely stopped. And I'm not talking days, weeks. I'm talking months to years. And when we prayed the blood of Jesus, because you don't have to go with anything fancy. You go with Jesus, the Holy Ghost, and the blood of Jesus. That's it. They don't need hermeneutics. They don't need anything. They need to be healed. What's real? Because I'm tired of going to these temples, right? So, so we'll go to the next sixth day right here. And so at this point, I mean, we are just, and, and if it doesn't, yep, here we are. So, um, so this is the, the next pastor's conference and I'm, I'm, at this point, I mean, glory was just falling. I mean, it was falling, and, and to be with veterans on top of that, it was like a three-stranded cord. We were praying in the morning, God, we want you. We only want you. We don't want anything else. We don't want credit. We don't want plaques. We don't want flowers thrown us. We want your oil to fall on <laughs> India, right? And so this, this happened in this conference, and uh, this is where the stronghold was. Uh, and we were in between a Hindu temple on behind us and a mosque on the outside of those doors. So people were going up and down while we were preaching the word. It didn't start until we all started ministering. And so COVID it was a bad, so they're like on. And now all these pastors had lost family members, COVID, everything like that. So they're like, we're just here because we were told to be here. Kind of whatever. But I'm telling you, when Miss K got up and she with the sword, I'm telling you, they were attention. Yes, yes, Miss Kay will do whatever you want to. But you saw the whole atmosphere flip. And, and it, was just, it was just beautiful. Um, so we can go into the next. Now, this was uh, day eight. And this is a moment I'll never forget in my life. Like I told you, I got more out of this than anyone else. And... There was a moment, there is a, uh, as we put these rags on, all these women gave their life to the ministry. That, I mean, they're all in. I mean, they got up, they ran to the front, they knelt down and, and, and were kind of, <laughs> what's going on? Is this maybe culture, you know? So, so we kind of pulled back and they said, no, they're giving their life to the ministry. In other words, they're done with their career. We're all in. There's no more going back. We'll do whatever, we're nailed at the most vulnerable position we can be. And we're all in. And so we laid rags on their heads and we can go to the next uh, picture. And this woman right here, as we're doing this, I mean, the glory of God is so strong. The kids are escaping out of the elementary school and peeking over the corners as women are giving their life to Jesus and the ministry. And this woman right here, she was um, 
very high up in Hinduism, and she knew how to pray to almost every god in Hindu. And so she was very fluent, but she gave her life to Jesus the first day. I mean, come on, that's the greatest miracle you can ever have, is to give your life to Jesus for eternity. And she took a rag home, and she laid it on her husband when he came home from work. So she had heard the testimony of, uh, of one of the rags from the future trips. And so she said, let's do a little Holy Ghost setup. So he comes in from the fields and she just gets over there and pulls that thing out. He goes straight to the bedroom, gets on his knees, and he said, I don't know what you touched me with, but I'm telling you, I'm giving my life right now to God. Yep. Yep. So he completely, she testifies, and, and you want to add to that? Or, um, but she, she testifies, he completely gave his life. So now all, I'm a breast. The glory starts uh, well right here, um, dedicated to CFC, and I mean, it was beautiful. I'm telling you, like, you don't understand, but when you're out there in this humidity and this heat, I mean, you can tell, look how red I am. I look like a beat right there. I'm like, water, let's cut it now. I need it. Like, let's get going. So, but uh, we were blessed. So thank you uh, for everything that you donate to those mission funds that are in the back of your seats right there with those gold things. This is what this goes to. So it's not like we just pull it out. This is you. Every piece of that is you, and this is what you donate to. So, so give yourself a, a round of applause right there for what y'all do as a church. Amen. And so we can go to the, uh, the next slide. So this is uh, day nine. Uh, so these are the clothes um, that we had sewn to the elderly. So you can see these mosquito nets over the beds. Um, you can see they don't have shoes. Like their, their whole life is they wake up in the morning, they're going in the rice fields. So these are the women that have worked their whole life in a rice field, their whole life. That's all they know. They don't go to Target or Target, as y'all call it. Like they, they don't have that. They wake up in the morning, they pray, they intercede, they, they push for the bishop, and they, they cover him, anoint him, you know, every day and work in those fields, and this is all they have. And so you can see the, the water in the floor and the flooding, and, and you want to touch on the, the water and the flooding uh, through the wet season? Okay. Okay, yeah. All right. So, um, so what we want to do is we want to open it up to, if y'all want more information on this, uh, let us know, and we can maybe do like a... Yeah, we're thinking of a Monday night, uh, maybe next Monday night after prayer, if we can arrange for a classroom, we'll get back to you on details. That worked well after the Kenya trip. Uh, there was a man in one of those slides, I'll tell this very quickly, his, he had injured his eye. The nerves to his eye had been severed by the doctors so they could preserve the eye. Uh, it still functioned in terms of movement, but it did not work. The eye did not work until we prayed for it. And he got his vision back. It, the, the, everything, with everything severed, he got his vision back. He was able to cover his good eye and read the banner for the meeting. It was an that, Yeah, there it is. There's, there's the man. An amazing, just an amazing miracle. God did so many things, um, and it was a wonderful trip. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your financial support. Water wells, women bought out of slavery, pastor conferences, or felt your prayers the whole way. Uh, dark in some place, the Lord.
Amen. That is the kingdom. That is the kingdom. What better way to transition into our time of offering than that right there? So let's stand. And as Chase said so well, there's an envelope on your seat back right there, the little pouch. That orange-looking, yellowish-color envelope, every dime that gets put in that envelope goes to works just like this all over the world. I don't know if you're aware, but we have a couple, maybe two or three, that will be leaving Friday. I won't tell you where they're going um, for specific, well, for obvious reasons. Dangerous territory, but every time they go, they come back with a great report. They carry the kingdom with them. And, um, and so just know that in this house, from this house, there are people constantly being sent out all over the world to, to release what's happening in this house, um, the salvation, the, the deliverance, the hope, the, the men and women called into the ministry, the miracles, the signs and wonders. And so that's why we, that's why we give. That's why we do what we do. In this moment of the service, this is, you just saw the fruit of that. And so thank you for your generosity. Generosity is the gateway for the glory of God. Every time we give, somebody gets to experience his glory. That's why I get to give. Nobody's making me give. I have a choice. I choose to give. I get to give. I owe him my life. Why would I not give? Amen? Father, thank you for this opportunity. Lord Jesus, thank you for men and women that you have called and appointed, Lord, a hundred missionaries that will be sent out from this place to go do the work to go love on people, to go reach the unreachable, to go love the unlovable, Lord. We'll do it. We'll, we'll go. You just point out where. And Lord, we will do that. Thank you for these precious people who give and make it possible for the others that may be able to go when they can't. We give you glory for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Worship as you give. Just one quick announcement. The youth um, tonight is the last night to sign up your student for the youth fall retreat. There's a table out those doors right there. Should be somebody there after the service to, um, to get your ch child signed up or if you want to sponsor a child to go on that fall retreat. Thomas. All right. Wow. Thank you, Larry K. Chase. Um, I want you guys to know that whatever Larry and Kay do, we want to be a part of it on the mission field. They are called to missions, and so it is valuable that you uh, help us um, be able to have more than enough, as Ephesians says, to do every good work. That's what Ephesians says, that you, you can have enough to be able to do every good work. So if there's a need that comes up, we're not having to think about, can we do it? If it's a good work, we want to do it. Amen. I mean, we, uh, we help uh, pay for two airfares, as Pastor Marty said, uh, uh, the trip that some of them are going on this weekend. We're having a part of that. We can't let you know everything where they're going, as PM said. Um, but just know this weekend, we've had people flying across the Atlantic to put their life in jeopardy to preach the gospel. And if we can make that as easy and comfortable for them as possible, we want to do that, right? Praise the Lord. So, I, uh, I want to let you know in just a few moments after I, I spend about 10, 15 minutes 
in um, giving you a few things. We're going to have a baptism service tonight. Just one person needs to be immersed, and so we want to be ready for that and give opportunity uh, to minister to people, uh, however it looks like. Not only with worship, but praying, but preaching, but the immersions as well. I want you to go in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 4. I want to continue what I started last Wednesday night on travailing and groaning in the Spirit. I don't know if you have felt this coming upon you in prayer, personal, you know, personal private time, uh, even in corporate prayer. I've, I've, I've felt this swelling, if you will, on the inside of me. I'm still trying to find words to describe what happened Sunday night. Yeah, I... I, I, I just don't know what to say. And we've been in over 248 services during the revival, plus many others. But I don't know if I've ever been wordless to describe what we encountered. And there were gusts a wind, if you will, not, not wind literally, but you know, different. And it was just like what John chapter three talked about. You don't know when and where, how the wind is coming. And not that we felt the wind. You, you understand the metaphor I'm using. Talked to Pastor Chad today and he said, my people asked me what went on because they were watching. They, they said they could feel the same thing that we were feeling here. And I was with the church yesterday in South Carolina that watched live our services on Sunday night and then baptized when we start baptizing. It's a simulcast. They're doing that. More and more churches are doing that. And um, he said, man, when, when that happened, our people just fell on the floor. The presence of God. But Pastor Chad said, my people wanted to know. He said, I, I couldn't describe it. I don't have words. I love what he said, though. He says, you guys are watching me die. Watching me die. And it's no um, coincidence, you know, not just because it was 248 and, and Chad Everett was here. Do y'all realize that on the Monday prior to last Sunday, 300 people were in prayer? directly relates and correlates to the deposit in prayer. Yeah. I find that significant. Yeah. Colossians chapter 4. Verse 12. Epiphus, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you always laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Ephesians, to the left, if you will, chapter 6, as you know, the scripture.
verse 10. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not rest in spirit against flesh and bloodness in the heavenly palaces. Take up the whole armor. I'm learning more and more about spiritual conflict and spiritual battle and warfare. And the more and more I give myself to prayer, uh, the more of the unseen world we experience and the impact of the unseen world, both um, darkness and light. When we pray and when we seek God and we enter into different realms of prayer, we, we prod, we prick, we agitate areas that have been under the dominion of, of darkness. Okay? Prayer is difficult. It's hard. It is... Um, it takes extreme discipline, commitment, resolve to be consistent in prayer. It's one of the hardest things, if not the hardest thing that you'll ever do. But I want you to understand, as I'm learning in prayer, make a lot of mistakes, but as I learn in prayer, that when I pray with you, we exponentially increase the effectiveness of our prayers. Now, God hears and responds to one person. Don't think that you're unimportant or not necessary just by yourself. But there is something about corporate and group, a collective, if you will, of praying together. There's something about that, right? I can move mountains individually. But there's sometimes the mountain's too big for me and I need some help. I can lift a load, but sometimes I need someone to come alongside of me. I fear that the body of Christ has tunnel vision, that most of our worries and concerns are about our, our, our individual world, our individual struggles, and the cloud that is just over us. And that is a significant. But however, I do think if the enemy can keep us just isolated on our stuff, that he is able to operate in unbelievable authority and power over regions and areas. While we're just trying to survive the day, a day, to get through this issue, his, his fortresses, his strongholds over the areas, right? And we, have to, we have to be able to see the unseen and the effectiveness of corporate and group prayer. Now, I'm not saying this to get you to come to group prayer, but I'm saying this to get you to come to group prayer. All right. Now, I mean, there's not, there's not, there's, I mean, I'm not shaming you. I'm just telling you a spiritual principle here that is so rich that in the Western church, a lot of times it's been us. It's about us. What can you do to help me? And the enemy will let you get your victory. He will forfeit that plot of ground so that you don't see what the group can do. Yeah. 
you know, on your screen, that's me or you as an individual in prayer. Correct? And we are facing insurmountable issues. And let's just say that there is an incredible stronghold of the enemy over Dawson County, North Georgia. It could be Colorado. I don't care, wherever. And if one person commits himself or herself to prayer, it's going to take longer to push that wall as an individual to make any significant spiritual progress than it would be if there were a group of individuals. When you pray, you also have to understand there is an opposite force wanting to keep you from making any, any sizable gains. This is why it's difficult, that it is, it is war. Prayer is war. Touch somebody and say prayer is war. It costs, there's sweat, there's time, there's energy, there's uh, loss, if you will, of something you feel that you could be doing in addition or in spite of. We've all had my, you know, I've got this project, I've got to get done. But I'm telling you, when you and I pray, there is this pushback. Your scripture says we do not wrestle with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers. Now, I want to I give you my, um, my version of this. I don't want to fight a devil. And I don't look to fight devils. I don't want to know their name. I don't know why, how they, why, what's the name of the principality over the world. I don't, I don't want to get that intimate with the devil. So when it talks about we, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with principalities, we assume that we are in hand-to-hand combat with the devil. And so we'll spend a lot of our energy trying to pull down a devil. And that may be fine, and that may be okay, and room for that. But I, I look at the scripture and say, I don't wrestle with flesh and blood but against what? Principalities, powers, you see them. It just means I'm going to win the battle in prayer, releasing the kingdom and my big brother to go pull down and to fight for me the battle that I need to win. I don't think I need to be worried all the time about what spirit is over Dawsonville. Or what happened 500 years ago to release something into this atmosphere. When I'm not responsible for what happened 500 years ago, I'm responsible for what happens right now. And so in prayer, I'm not thinking of the devil. I'm not wasting my time trying to figure out, because I'm going to tell you something, the devil's wise in many ways, and he will send you on an ancestral hunt 
all around the world. And then when you blame this and you kind of handle that, then the devil says, oh, there's something else that you forgot. Now you got to go tackle this. And then when you get a, a level of comfort, then you're going to tackle it. And you're constantly in this pursuit of trying to take authority over something that happened 500 years ago. Now, I'm not minimizing that type of stuff. But do you realize in four years plus, or two plus years, four plus years, four plus years, they exist, they have legal rights in certain areas, but as I've said often, if I bring the lion of the tribe of Judah in this place, if I do whatever I have to do to create a culture where the lion comes, all the little mice in this area and anywhere else around this room, and then as we grow in influence and go from praying from 100 to 200 to 300 to 500 to 600 people, you watch the boundary and the border of God's influence exponentially wipe out principalities and powers over the area. Now, I believe in demons in areas, but can you imagine that when you and I pray, we are pushing back against principalities without even addressing principalities. Now, I'm going to say that again. When we seek his face and cry out for his glory, we repent of our sin and we say, God, would you come and would the kingdom come? Your will be done. See, my job is to release the will of the Father. Not to run after devils. Don't chase them, I promise you. As you do ministry and release kingdom, they will find you. They, they need to be chasing you rather than you chasing them, trying to figure out what their name is and what right and who opened the door back in 1423. You just do kingdom and they will find you. And then you will cast them out, bind them, and command them to leave in Jesus' name. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus never addresses devils. Don't waste. I need to be real careful there because there is spiritual warfare that happens. There are people that are assigned to that. I get that. But, but I'm, I'm telling you, we, our purpose is to re release the kingdom. And every time we pray corporately, I'm telling you, what happened Sunday night was a direct result of the deposit that was made, not only on the previous Monday, but the 100 plus people that were here on Saturday night and the 100 plus people that were here prior to that on the, fall, uh, the earlier Monday. Does that make sense to you? It's because of collective work that we're seeing God move in such dramatic ways. I'll give you an example. When you pray here, it affects you have a covering. I mean, it's there. When our missionaries go, what we do in here directly affects you are leaving with that prayer deposit. And even when we're not there, the residue. I'm going to give you an example. In Charleston, South Carolina, we did the immersion revivals down there. A guy couldn't get in the water because of surgery. He was legally blind. Could not get in the water. He started watching the power of God fall in the water with people that he knew. He says, I'm sick. 
I've got cancer or whatever it was, and I'm legally blind. So he did the very next thing, the best thing that he could do. He got to the edge of the water and put his hands in it. His faith was, if I could just get to the water, I can't get completely in, but I'm going to get, you know what I'm saying? It's like the woman with the issue of blood. I can't, I can't meet with him face to face because this is not right because I'm legally and religiously and socially unable to do that. But if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just put my hands in that water, he puts his hands in the water in the, in the presence of God touch, touches him. Now watch this. And then he took his hands and started rubbing his eyes with the wet hands. He felt his face burning. He then goes and dips his head in the water. He says, I can't get in it, but I'm going to dip my head. He comes up, rubs his eyes, and begins to read signs 60 feet from him. You can't make this stuff up. Why did that happen? Because of what you and I and all of us have been doing for four years, and that is pushing back so that God's glory is free to fall and move among people. I'm telling you, it's Emmanuel Baptist Church. The pastor's from Uganda. They've been filled with the Holy Ghost. They're experiencing revival. They simulcast on Sunday nights. They immerse every week. My Lord, come on, give him glory right there. All right, I, I've, I've got to fit. But I want you to look at this. That's us in prayer right there. It is hard. It's difficult. But I, sometimes stand against the wall. Push against it. Stand there. Hold your hands up. Glorify him. Come together as families. And when we pray like this, heaven responds. And I don't have to deal with the devil because I send the one with fire in his eyes. Did you hear the prophetic word Sunday night? Fire in his eyes with a sword. And he's the one that does everything that we cannot do in the flesh. This is the greatest hour Christ Fellowship Church has ever experienced. We are on the actual verge of seeing things, guys, at a rapid rate, even, even more. We've come too far to let up. We've come too far to back up. We've come too far to try to catch our breath and say, I'm going to take a month or two months or three months off. I'm telling you, we are seeing things and things are happening in this nation as a direct result of the people that are praying in this room. Yes, come on, give God glory. Stand to your feet all across the room. Stand to your feet all across the room. I want you to make your way, if you will, to our baptismal pool. I'm going to uh, turn this over to Pastor Marty. We're going to have one immersion, then I will pray for you, and uh, we're going to go and um, be dismissed. Everybody all right? All right, guys. Uh, I need you to pray for me tomorrow. I'm in North City, Illinois, Thursday and Friday, so you guys pray for that.
Pastor Marty.
was led to realize, okay, if, if you don't um, get better by a certain point, like you need to go to the doctor. So, um, so, and uh, I guess, so what I've been experiencing, I guess it started out as like a flu and um, there's been just, um, I haven't been able to work very much um, in the last uh, couple of weeks. And so I'm like, okay, something needs to change. But at the same time, um, there's certain medication that I cannot take for um, various reasons. And so um, like at this point, uh, really like medication is, kind of a scary thought for that reason. And I'm like, I just need Jesus. I need him to meet me here in the water. And um, and so, and, and I can't wait till Sunday. <laughs> so I really appreciate um, this opportunity tonight and um, to release uh, some of this pain that my body's been going through. And, um, and to get myself back. So um, I appreciate like, the prayers and everything. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, some days I weren't, wasn't able to speak, so like my throat and um, lungs and everything has been getting attacked. It's been like this for how long? Um, I was started feeling like tired before, but for about three weeks. Well, it has to go tonight. Lord, we have seen too much. We've seen too much. Lord, you're precious. And your love and your grace and your mercy abounds to us. Like your servant said, with fire in your eyes and a sword in your hand, you come for your daughter. You come for Sophia. In this very moment, you come for her.
Saturday night. 